And welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast. Covers everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian NKC. You can follow me on Twitter or X. It is formerly now known as KCSGE. You can also follow the podcast. That can be done by going to at the following us there on that platform at HEFPOND. You got HEFPOND.com for your Bundesliga statistics hub and covering everything that there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt in the written word and uh, uh, vocal word. All our podcasts are posted up there, including everything from the good old archives as we are now recording episode 285. Woof. And uh, yeah, there's also... Uh, Facebook.com slash HEF pod and Instagram, the Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Ways you can also support this podcast is given us wherever you download or listen to this podcast, subscribe to our feed so you get the newest episode put right in your podcast feed and give us a lovely rating and review. It helps other Eintracht Frankfurt fans and Bundesliga fans find this podcast because sometimes we talk about more than just Eintracht and that's what we're doing this week as we welcome again as the international break has descended on Germany though they seem to really not like this certain uh, international break it is Jake from 50 plus donor how is the windy city and has Connor Bedard taken over every single inch of the sports uh, newspapers and all the sports headlines well that's all there is to talk about in general because all the rest of our teams are awful so yeah, and it's been pretty much that nonstop. Um, I'm trying to think of like what this. I mean, people are always talking about the Bears, but like not in a good way. <laughs> totally hearing on that, man. Uh, got a buddy who is a Bears fan and a Virgil Berman fan, and oof, not exactly a good time to cheer for either. And he's also a White Sox fan, so I really feel for him at times. But when the Royals do actually win games, and it's against the White Sox, I just give him a gentle rubbing. So, anywho's the Eintracht, you know, able to pull off victory versus Heidenheim at the weekend. Honestly, I look at Heidenheim and say to myself, you're either going to get, there can be that stone in your foot that you can't get rid of, or there can be that kid that gets pushed around on the playground. And I think it was a little bit of the latter um, what have you made of Heidenheim and what have you made of Eintracht now that we're, what, seven, eight matches into the Bundesliga season? You know, things are starting to take shape just a little bit. And, uh, yeah, what, what's your initial opinion of the Eintracht? Seven matches in eighth place on 10 points. I am a little concerned. Mm. I know you guys have only lost once, but looking at the draws that you guys have had and like the schedule, there's only been, you've only played one person in like, or one team in the top half of the table so far. And that was Wolfsburg, who were in seventh at the time that you played them. And it was a 2 0. The rest were, you played Mainz when they're 16th, draw. Cone, 1 1, 15th. Volcom, 1 1, 13th place. 
And then Freiburg, they were in 10th when you got 0-0. So I am a little... Especially going into this next part, the next two games are Hoffenheim and Dortmund. And I think in between that, you also still have that European Conference League game. Um, I, I'm a little... I'm a little shocked. I thought this team would be coming out a little better than they have. I didn't think they would be like super top table or anything, but I definitely thought they wouldn't be having as much trouble as they're having right now. Well, I'm looking at, I do agree the coming out of the block. So I think that comes with having a new coach, a new coach who really emphasizes being defensively solid more so than an attack having hardcore attacking prowess. This is a guy who, uh, Daniel Topmuda's, the way that he has his team play out, you know, they play out the back. I've never seen Kevin Trapp play with a ball at his feet more at any other point in the last couple of years than he has now. It's kind of uh, driving me absolutely crazy that he's having to do that. But, hey, you know what? It is what it is. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking at – this team, you know, uh, 10 points from seven matches. You mentioned some of the draws that happened against the teams that are down in the dumps. And yeah, there's all, I think at the end of the season, everyone's going to be really, really on, uh, struggling to understand why we couldn't get it done. But I put it down to, Hey, you know what? You had a one man wrecking crew that was available for match day one. And then you subsequently didn't have them. So you're having to adjust everything else. Uh, and, uh, in terms of how you, uh, in terms of how you're playing, it's kind of crazy right now. Um, I'm really thinking that it's going to be uh, a couple days before it, you know, may, maybe it's a couple days before it all sinks in. But I still think that this team is on uh, the top half kind of trajectory. That's what I was anticipating as we were entering the season. And I honestly believe that at this point, you know what? Okay. Uh, only having three points from the two matches played. You've got the team who's expected to be bottom left in your uh, Europe Conference League group in Helsinki. You know what? We'll have... Uh, We'll have a couple of good uh, matches to kind of test ourselves, uh, and I think that you know what when we when we come out of the break, look, you got uh, uh, Hoffenheim, who's you know kind of top half producing team. I think that they've kind of figured themselves out. Uh, you've also got uh, Bayfo Bay at home, so that could actually be an interesting match. And then you got one more. Followed by Werder Bremen. So I think uh, that Eintracht is actually in a very good spot to be able to take advantage of their schedule, and especially with two matches against Helsinki and a uh, match against uh, the likes of Victoria Cologne. That's who I was thinking of in the Pokal. I think the matches in late October and early November will actually turn out well for the Eintracht. Yeah, I mean, I guess you are also, you are helped by Dortmund also, obviously, is in Champions League, and they have Newcastle, so they're going to have to take that seriously, especially where they are in the table and the 
in Champions League. So that does help out, but that that Hoffenheim game is a little rough. Especially, uh, I think just like in general, it's a rough game, but kind of having to figure out who you're going to play for that and then also in the midweek and then also for Dortmund. Like, obviously you can't overlook Dortmund, but uh, at least at least they have that hard Champions League game in between that. Exactly, exactly. Uh, I think this is a good time to look at German teams who are playing in the Champions League. A uh, competition that the Eintracht didn't do too bad, making the round of 16 last season. So, Bayern... Is just doing Bayern things. You know, they've beaten Manchester United and gone away to Copenhagen. They have home and away to Galatasaray. That could be tricky as the table plays out. But honestly, it's been so many seasons since Bayern even dropped a single point in the Champions League group stage. I ain't worried about them. Not one jot. Uh, I don't know. Like, Opamakano being out and then... I still say they were kind of, you know how like people are like spinning plates on those little sticks. I feel like they're doing that right now, oh. just in general as a as an organization. Um, I think Galatasaray. I think they're gonna. I think Galatasaray might take it to them, honestly. Uh, especially with Open Makano out. Like I feel like everyone memes Open Makano. I always call him Oops Makanos from time to time, <laughs> but he is they, yeah, he's he's still high quality, and like missing that is gonna gonna hurt them, especially in a game against Galatasaray. So, we will, I I'm interested in that one for sure. Group C of the Champions League. Uh, I kind of mentioned teams, you know, talking about teams who seem comfortable. They seem to be good to go. Let's talk about one that uh, isn't. Uh, Eisen Union um, zero points from the first. Two matches at the Champions League, each one kind of a dagger. 94th conceded goal to Real Madrid. So they're looking at a point there. Then that got given up. Uh, they then have another deep, deep, late oops uh, versus Braga, you know, with Olympia Stadion playing there in front of a full house there. Something Hertha doesn't really have get to do unless it's Bayern or Bayfo Bay or the, uh, the, the Stad Derby. Um, for Hertha, I'm looking at them, and honestly, you're not taking a point against Braga at this stage. Like, you got to hope that maybe you can nip a point against Napoli, but before you know, you have then go into a must-win game with Braga. I look at Union and think to myself, "You're fucked." You're absolutely screwed. Like, maybe you can salvage third, but at this point, I think it's third or fourth. They could be not participating in Europe, and their current, like, take away those first couple matches, they have zero points. A team that's floundering, a team that seems sterile, I think they had just they made too many changes. They made too many alterations from what is them. And I don't know, man. I look at them and I'm just like, your conundrum that I can't seem to understand. All that I do know is that Eisen Union can be still be Eisen Union when it comes to being a rock solid team. It's just... Uh, Fisher just needs time 
he's going to get that time. The question is whether they piece it together. They're not like a danger of relegation, but they are a team that needs to figure themselves out. For the league's yeah, for the I mean, league's honestly, sake, at least. Yeah, like I, I mean, they did so much. In I like they were bound to have this happen eventually. It is a little rough. They haven't won a game since August twenty sixth. So that's what uh, seven games without a win. That sucks. And like I think to your point of like too many changes. I also wonder how much Urs Fisher really had in like choosing the players. Because if we know Union Berlin past like mantras, it's kind of just we're gonna grind out a one zero against you. You're you're just not gonna score. We're gonna let you know that ahead of time. It's more how many goals we're gonna be able to get against against you. And like some of the players they got were just so attacking focused. I was a little like it kind of goes against what Urs Fisher was doing this whole time. But like you said, like, I mean, he's a good manager. He'll figure it out. And like, they're really not in danger of relegation, but it is a little, a bad, it's a bad year for a combo breaker. I think they kind of, once they got to making Europe, I think they just planned on continuing to do that. And it's it's really not looking good on any front right now. Well, a team that's not looking good when it comes to playing in the Champions League, though figuring themselves out in the Bundesliga is Borussia Dortmund. Um, I still believe that they should have gotten more than one point versus Milan, which would then put them in a pretty decent striking area. That Their group is absolutely wide open. So they've got a back-to-back with Newcastle, Sure, they've only got one point, but I'm looking at uh, Dortmund as, you know what, they they may lose away to Newcastle and beat Newcastle at home. It, what helps them is I look at Milan, and I think to myself, honestly, they're so easy to pick off. You don't know what Newcastle can bring. Like, okay, they had a wonderful... Um, first home match against Paris Saint-Germain, which I think they just came in. They had all the mojo you could ever want to ask for in a uh, back-in-the-big-time kind of match. But you wonder if they're going to be able to keep that up. I still think Dortmund is looking at second or third place in their group. I think first is still going to go to Paris. I just think that when it comes to them playing Newcastle again, uh, they'll take care of business, and honestly, they'll take care of business against Milanda. They won't have to, and then they'll be already qualified for the last, everything. And Borussia Dortmund, at the last match versus Paris Saint Germain of the group, can get the win and possibly sneak into second place. Uh, your thoughts on Bayfield Bay and Champions League? Well, one, they haven't scored in Champions League yet. That is not good. Mm. Um, Two, do you want to hear some awful scheduling right now? Go ahead. So they play Newcastle on the 25th, right? Yeah. Then they play you guys on short rest. Yeah. Then they play Bayern. Hmm. Then they play the back-to-back against Newcastle on the 7th. And then they play Stuttgart, who are in second right now. That is a rough What October. in the world? <laughs> 
That is not a fun October whatsoever and like early November. I think I think we're going to see a lot about this team in that little stretch, right? Like will they be able to make up ground in Champions League with all those important games happening, right? The back-to-back against Newcastle while also trying to keep up in the league by playing three top half teams in the span of like three weeks, basically. I I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I think that's my team to watch for, for these next few weeks of like, is this team really like, are they undefeated right now in the league because like just they're good or is it just like they're lucking out? Like who knows? But I think whatever happens, we're going to see a lot about this team, both in Champions League and the league in these next few weeks here. Cause that, that is awful scheduling. I would be very scared if I was a Dortmund fan. Yeah. A team who has got themselves in a good spot, you know, 14 points from seven matches played is Leipzig. Two mat, two points per match is usually a pretty good tally. It means that you're going to stay in the Champions League places. You're not going to contend for the title though, especially in these days, but. I'm looking at them. Um, take away that loss to Manchester. Honestly, most everybody's going to lose to those guys. Manchester City is just a monster. And now they come up with two matches versus uh, Belgrade. Um, they took care, they took care of business against Bern. You know, pretty straightforward for them. Not really being all too bothered. Honestly, I'm looking at them and thinking to myself, you know what? Maybe you have a draw in Belgrade. Maybe you do lose, but you're not losing at home to Belgrade. So that you're getting at minimum uh, three points, perhaps even having nine points from four matches played. I mean, I think Leipzig's group, it's they're far and away second place, but they're far and away uh, in second place, not not the distance between first and second, but more between second and third because Burn and Belgrade, Red Star Belgrade, that is, uh, are just, they're there, and they're just hoping to get the Europa League. They can, neither of those guys can kind of get there. I think Leipzig is slam dunk for the knockout phase in the Champions League in March, and I don't really, I don't know, everything screams at me that, this is straightforward. Are you seeing it as plain as day as I am? Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a short discussion topic. I, I don't <laughs> see this really being... Yeah, like you said, like I think they're battling for third. I, I would be flabbergasted if they, if, they didn't, if they didn't finish in second, honestly. Exactly. All right. Uh, we're going to the Europa League group stage. Um Leverkusen, Freiburg uh, being in this group. Now, Freiburg's in possibly the one of the heaviest hitting uh, groups. It feels like a Champions League group light with West Ham United, at, who won the Europa Conference last season and played Eintracht the season before in the semifinals. Then you got Olympiacos, who was in that same group as Eintracht in that Europa League campaign. Um, to me, Freiburg not getting the draw versus West Ham doesn't make it a calamitous uh, 
time. Uh, most of us are kind of saved by uh, the Serbian side having a draw with Olympiakos, but I'm looking at them pulling the Serbian side called TSC from Topla, uh, Baka Topla. I'm, I'm looking at Freiburg and think to myself, you know what? I think this is where Freiburg regresses to outs. Maybe this is the season that Freiburg regresses to outside of the airplane places. It is still early, um, but I'm looking at their group. They should still like get in. The, they I, they look to me to be in the same position as Leipzig, being able to easily make the knockout phase. But I think West Ham United has shown that they're just gonna they're coming in. They're going to clean up. They're going to get the top spot. Freiburg, because of the schedule, like match date for them, honestly, they should be able to kind of get through the next couple of matches and then home against Olympiacos. That should seal the deal for them in, uh, at the end of November. I'm looking at them and thinking to myself, you know what? You're in a decent spot. You should still sail through it. Khan is in the same position as Eintracht. They should be all good to go. Um, I'm not all too worried about Freiburg. I think they're in the safe spot. Yeah, I think I think despite their league form, they're kind of like the opposite of uh, Dortmund, actually. like Their league form is awful, but they're not doing too bad in the group. I would, I, I would also be shocked if they didn't finish second. I think it's a little... It'll be a little tighter than what we were saying about Leipzig, obviously, right? Like, I don't think it's, like, by far queer in a way, but I definitely think they have the talent to, like, keep above the line of not fun. Exactly. Like line, so. And, uh, hey, it's a lot easier of a group than what is Group B in the Europa League, uh, which is not kind of in the Bundesliga club, but is an interesting group at that. Uh, the team that plays in the stadium that will be host to uh, the Europa Conference League final, AK Athens, then you got Marseille, then you got Ajax, who's in like total meltdown for them. And then you have a Premier League team in Brighton and Hove Albion, who is very well loved and respected from that corner of the world. Yeah, talk about, uh, <laughs> we were saying, oh yeah, this could, this is kind of tricky. Um, but, uh, for Freiburg, but they should still get through. At least they're not in that group. Uh, Leverkusen, though, as I mentioned, is the other team in the Europa League. Uh, they have, uh, six points. Honestly, I'm looking at them facing up against Karabag. I know nothing about those guys, but what I do know is, well, I mean, look, I do know that they're from Azerbaijan and Karabag. A uh, place that I've got a lot of uh, consternation for, but, but uh, this is hardly the platform to be talking about that. Um, I'm looking at Leverkusen and thinking to myself, you guys should be able to take the foot off the pedal and still be able to get three, if not six points from those two matches, which honestly at that point will seal the group. And that's against the team who's kind of showing themselves with also six points to be the only other team capable of challenging for uh, the top spot, which goes to the round of 16 for the Europa League. Whilst the playoff round takes third place teams uh, for the Champions League against the second place teams from the Europa League. Honestly, we've seen enough of Leverkusen this season. They are a top, top bunch and they're only blown the season so far. 
from the Europa League, the Pokal, or the Bundesliga has been a 2-2 draw with Bayern, and I thought that they were far and away the better team in their group. I look at them, and I think they're all but qualified for, in my mind, for not just the knockout phase for the Europa League, but they're the scariest thing coming out of the Bundesliga right now that is not called Bayern. And the entire rest of Europe needs to take up and take note because, honestly, I'm looking at it, so long as they don't get, like, some random Champions League team that drops down that, it, like, can totally blow the doors off them, which I don't think is even possible, I look at them and I say, yeah, I'm putting money on you to make – I would put a tenor on them to win the Europa League because they're that freaking good. Who And then who else from the Europa League, from the actual league itself, not the, you know, the eight descenders who will come from the Champions League for the knockout phase, uh, who else other than, I guess, Liverpool or maybe West Ham or, no, not even Villarreal. I was going to say Villarreal, but I am thinking better of it. Or, like, West Ham, Liverpool, Roma. I'm looking at those three and thinking those are the only teams that are in this competition that even would give Leverkusen a run for their money straight up because they are that freaking good and it scares the shit out of me that they are that good because you would have thought that they, uh, you know, with the way that uh, everyone seems to hover around their coach that he'd be picked off by now because, you know, Leverkusen, they found the right guy. I know this is kind of a Leverkusen love fest, and we've already had lovely discussions about Javier Alonso, but this Leverkusen team, honestly, they there's a chance that they could put to bed at least part of that Leverkusen moniker this season, from what I see. I mean, I'm still expecting a moment from that, but I mean, yeah, like I... They have no excuse not to make the final, basically. I mean, the <laughs> way they're playing, if they don't make the final, like they, that is a big, big loss. And I would even say for Pokal, too. Like, if they don't make, if they don't make some sort of final this year, this would really, uh, uh, unless they also win the league, like this is kind of a lost year for them. Especially if, like, I don't know if you saw that Xavi Alonso, like, pardoned his contract where he could go to Bayern or something like that. Like, First of all, gross. Second of all, like, if if they're not able to do this with, they have the perfect team right now. They have the perfect coach right now. They're kind of in the perfect situation with like Bayern kind of being a little slow this year. Like, if they're not able to get at least something out of this year, like I, I don't know when they're going to. Oh man. I mean, it's kind of like putting, I mean, you put it in such a fine point, Jake, that, you know, a disappointment like that would just drive you mad. It's kind of like when I try to put my son down when he's got a fever and you're just on the struggle bus to try and get him down. You're like, kind of like, Brian. you're like, no, you, you must be defeated. You must be defeated. And they keep on popping up to say, no, surprise, we're not dead yet. Leverkusen, I'm not saying you're our only hope, but right now from what I've seen, from seven Bundesliga matches played and your three others from other competitions, they're lockstep ready to make something happen. And I'm all here for it because whilst, yes, they are one of the 
more plastic clubs, but hey, they were founded as a factory team, so respect for that, at least unlike certain other teams from certain uh, Eastern Germany sides of the world. You know what? It's hard to not like their coach because of he has such a well-roundedness about himself. He's endeavored to make himself very approachable, very interactive with, you know, those other people around him. He's, you know, he, his background, you know, playing a real associate you know, the club that he grew up with, um, going through at Liverpool where he, uh, followed a fellow, uh, Spaniard over there, won some stuff. Then you get, you know, move on from, from Liverpool to Real Madrid and everyone who's there. And then, yeah, Bayern. And the thing was, each and every place has a deep love and respect for him. Liverpool, Madrid, Munich, all seem to talk about him and with, glow, with such glowing terms in that they all seem to think that he will be a guy for them in the future. Oh, the only one who doesn't say that is Real Sociedad. But that's probably because they already said, eh, we've, we'll, we'll, we'll take you as our B coach. And maybe down the road, if you're in between gigs, you'll take some time with us. But he's, he's a guy who I've got, I, I have a lot of time for as a Bundesliga coach. And he's just, the guy's got everything that you would want in a non-German coach within the Bundesliga. And it's been a long time since I honestly think that the Bundesliga has had someone who, uh, despite the fact that he, I mentioned he's been in so many different places, played with so many different coaches who are on the top, top tier this when it comes to coaching, that it's impossible to believe that he wasn't going to be a good coach. And it was a question of who was going to be the one that convinced him to be their guy. So, <sighs> Okay, enough, sorry, enough love on of Xavi Alonso. We already talked about Eintracht and their group, I think, with Helsinki's uh, two matches. I think the Eintracht is kind of good to go for making the knockout phase. It's now down to, honestly, the uh, fifth match of the group uh, in Frankfurt. I think that kind of, uh, we've, we've talked about it on our uh, the regular podcast enough, so Jake does not have to talk more about the Eintracht until we talk about the Frauen Bundesliga. I'm looking at the Bundesliga itself right now and saying, Leverkusen, you're a wonderful, uh, wonderful performer this year, but Jake, 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 this team from Swabia, Val F. Bay, or should I just say, this player for them, Cyril Gurassi. When I was talking to the Stuttgart guys ahead of Eintracht versus Stuttgart for the Pokal semifinal, he said, "All they they said there was only one guy who is our only hope, kind of like Obi Wan Kenobi, and that's Gurassi." And holy shit! How the hell did Cologne not figure out how to make this guy uh, the next foosball god? Well, because Cologne is a meme team, obviously. <laughs> but uh, I think also just like as good as Grassi is, you do have to give some credence to Chris Furry, another former Cologne player, by the way. Oh, God. 
Um, he's having a career year right now. I think he's a big part of what Garassi's doing right now. Um, but I, it is kind of funny to sit back and be like, oh, this guy is on pace to break uh, Lewandowski's record in like December, and Stuttgart spent like nine million on him. And as good as Harry Kane is doing, Byron spent was that like ninety one million more. <laughs> it's, that is pretty funny. I hope that keeps happening. But uh, yeah, he's having an absolute crazy year right now. And like every week, I'm like, oh yeah, because this is why I'm losing in fantasy. Actually, <laughs> every week I'm like, okay, he's gonna calm down this week, right? Like this is gonna be the week he doesn't score. And he didn't score against Calm, which is the only good thing that I have from this year right now. <laughs> but he he's just I I like when is it gonna stop? And is it even? Like I it doesn't seem like it is. Like they're really benefiting also from not being in European competitions, which I think makes them even more dangerous and like even more likely that this is just gonna keep going. Like, even if he drops off more so like, than the say fact that he's, uh, Hoffenheim or Wolfsburg, you mean? In terms of qualifying for you, uh, qualifying somehow for Europe. Oh, the- I mean, just like you know, like you guys, Bayern, Leverkusen, like they have these extra games that they're gonna have to play. Stuttgart just basically has to prepare week to week by week. You know what I mean? Mm. So like, Garassi doesn't have to have these extra games against some team in Scotland, right? Like he can just focus <laughs> on whoever's next week. So. I don't know, man, but I think either way, he's given this team so much of a head start in the league where even if they do fall off, they're not going to be where I think everyone had them at the beginning of the season, like down the table. I think Mm. that's pretty, pretty, that'd be pretty hard to do now. I would say top half finish is very easy to pull off from this point onwards. And, you know, I, yeah, I just got them, uh, like, in the uh, one way of recovery, even Bundesliga won't be ready for that. Then they have uh, Stuttgart versus Hoffenheim, which I actually look at that for uh, match day nine as honestly okay. Aside from Eintracht versus Dortmund, that to me is a high in tilt. That basically, that is between uh, two of the three teams that are performing to make Europe and are currently in European positions, not playing within Europe. And that would kind of, you know, make them stand out or just make them be, hey, you off, got off to a super hot start and now you're regressing to the mean. Uh, you know, and they have. Heidenheim, then finish uh, November off with uh, home match versus Bayfell Bay. I mean, if Stuttgart is still in the top four after these next four Bundesliga matches, I think you're talking about a team that's in Europe, and we know the kind of economic power that the Stuttgart region has. I mean, there's only a handful of other ones that kind of have that sort of economic power that would be okay local sponsors sponsors who can get on board or local sponsors who are already on board able to up to ante you know you already fill in that stadium that they're renovated right now with a whole once it's full done 
So you could be playing in your for the 24-25 season with a whole bunch of extra, you know, yeah, uh, you know, uh, premium options that really pull in a lot more money than your average ticket does. So Stuttgart could, with us one season, and if they cash in on Garassi, on you know maybe someone else on that team, but I really think it's just Garassi that they cash in on, and they would agree to a deal like now, but only if he stays with them for the rest of the season. Like Stuttgart could come away with so much money out of this, selling Garassi for an absolute fortune and qualifying maybe for the Champions League, we could be seeing the revival of one of the older Bundesliga brands and one that, as I mentioned, with the kind of infrastructure and everything that surrounds the club and the region, you could suddenly have a team that could be really like firmly attached to European qualification in a way that people have seen Eintracht kind of attach themselves at that, you know, as much as we love to hate them, Leipzig is the only game in the region for, you know, even medium end, you know, foosball, you know, it's, it won't compare with like Bayern, but you're talking, there's only a handful of other uh, clubs in other locations within Germany that could, if given European matches on the regular basis that could then become proper challengers with the right kind of management. I mean, so first of all, the game against Hoffenheim is interesting because they both have each other's coaches, which is Oh, God, I almost forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Secondly, I do have two, I do have two cautionary tales with Stuttgart. One is Alex Verla. I don't know if you know about him. He was the, he pretty much managed Colm and he's in the entire, he's basically the reason we have financial issues. So there is a lot of money, but I, I hesitate to see what off field stuff he's spending a shit ton of money on. Mm. Oh, I, I also cursed. LOL. Um, and then two, if I'm not mistaken, I think Garassi's release clause is like 2 million or 20 million. I, I, maybe someone can verify that, but I remember seeing his release clause is not very big. So I don't think they, I don't think anyone expected this. Like I, this is the one case. It's not like a Dortmund setting Holland's release clause at like 50 million. This is the one case where it's like, there's no way this guy's going to (laughs) be. (laughs) <laughs> like worth doing eighty million player type work. Like let's just say it at twenty million. I don't. I, I don't blame them for setting it that low this time. But that is. I do. I do think they do have a pretty low release clause for them, which kind of sucks. But it is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is for Stuttgart. But hey, they're off to an absolute flyer, and I'm all here for it. Uh, let's talk about the team that's on the other end. Shall we? Or are you not ready no, to... I'm all right. I'm all right. <laughs> Fine, I will. I will. I will. Estekon has one point. Draw with Eintracht. I really fear how Eintracht will feel about that. 
uh, months down the road. Thank you for that point, by the way. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> y'all are in a world of hurt. You've got this transfer ban hanging over your head. You've got the Ryan Darby at home to Gladbach right once we return to Bundesliga action. You guys are underperforming compared to your expected goals. Honestly, until the Leverkusen match, I hadn't seen someone blow your doors off. So the competitive spirit's still there. But with just one point. Ugh. And, oh, yeah. And uh, match day nine, Leipzig. Jeez. Uh, buddy. Looking, uh, looking dicey right now. I mean, like, if you get a result against Gladbach, okay, what happens to Leipzig? happens because they're a top end team but then you have Bochum and you have uh God who uh Augsburg. I mean you can turn this around but you're running kind of you're running out of uh, you're running out of runway to be able to make a safe landing here. And and I really worry for Cone because you've had some great players leave. You lost Modest uh well during last season end of the transfer window. Uh, you lost uh, Hector and Shakiri in the offseason. Uh, thank you for one of those players. Hector. Well, no no thank for that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for nothing. I mean, all I can say is I hope that you beat Kaiserslautern just for your own sake in the pool cow, but right now you guys are in a, you guys are in quicksand. And if you don't move well, correctly... One. You're sucked into the relegation door, and it's hard to get out of, even though there's some real bad teams that are down at the bottom half when you get think about how bad Bremen has been, how bad Augsburg has been, how bad Bochum has been in Mainz. And, oh, yeah, Augsburg's already fired the coach now. All right, well, so, okay, this is going to be like five minutes of GOAT team propaganda. One. We have not played, we've only played one team that was not ranked lower than seventh so far. So we played Dortmund when they're fourth, Wolfsburg when they're fourth, you guys at seventh, Hoffenheim at sixth, Stuttgart at third, and then the number one team in the league. We've yet to play a quote unquote bad team. And the one that we did, we went up one early. That is great. Two, we're going to win the Pokal. Three, <laughs> what you said earlier. <laughs> Like you said earlier, we have a nice little run of teams that are not at the top half of the table. We have yet to play any of the teams around us. We have yet to play Bolcom. We have yet to play Augsburg. We have yet to play Darmstadt, Mainz. We haven't played them yet. So even if you like, if you win those games, if you squeak out a win against a Leipzig, like get a one-one-one or something, or in a when the, the table swings back around, like you can get a point against someone like a Stuttgart if they're falling apart at the second half. It is salvageable. But you're right. It, it is for them to have not scored more than a goal in any of their games so far, other than the Pokal game, which was against a second league team. It's a little scary, but I mean, we're going to win 
20 zero next week anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, hey, you know what? There's some optimism right there. Maybe one of the carnival clubs will at least be saved. Anywho's, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I think that's a good time, a uh, good spot for us to put a cap in the Bundesliga chat. We go to hashtag, what are we drinking? What have you got for us, Jake? So I am someone who loves water, mm. um, but that's not my drink. So I've been getting these like flavor enhancers from this thing called Stir. I don't know if anyone's heard of it. They're like, you get five bottles for like 20 bucks on Amazon. They are delicious. I've been <laughs> literally drinking nothing but water for a pass. I'm still recovering from the FC Call meetup, uh, even though I am unbiased, obviously, but uh, that has helped a lot. My my hydration is much more delicious because of that. There you go. I'm glad that you've been able to physically recover from going to, where were you guys in, like, uh, D.C.? I think that was. We were in D.C. exactly when they got that, like, tropical storm. So that was uh, that was also another thing. I was getting drenched for about two days. <laughs> there you go. Alrighty. Um, I have been to have here, and got a six-pack of it, uh, the Oktoberfest Mazalaga from Breckenridge Brewery in Breckenridge, Colorado. I had never tried their uh, uh, before. It's pretty good. It's got the typical malty, uh, malty taste of a proper Madsen. And I've had some duds this fall that have not made the hashtag what are we drinking cut for, of the podcast. But uh, yeah, if you happen to be in Colorado, that's probably the easiest way for you to acquire it. Because I don't know how much further than Kansas City in terms of going east that they actually distribute so there is that and that's all we got for a second one we'll be back in a jiffy talking the frauen bundesliga as two german clubs are trying to qualify for the women with a women's champions league so stay with We are back. <sighs> Had a good drink from our Martin, or at least I'm having a good one from the Martin. And now it's time to talk about the Champions League for women. The UEFA Women's Champions League um, only gives one spot to the 16-team uh, uh, group phase. I do believe that the UEFA Champions, Women's Champions League needs an overhaul already. I do like the way that the tournament is right now. I do think though that you could add eight more teams and keep the quality just as good. Now you're probably thinking, Brian, that's quite a lot for you to add. Well, well yes, that is. But when you talk about the fact that um, in the first round of qualifying, you had the loss of uh, God, uh, Arsenal, they were lost. Juventus was lost. The, those are some big fish that got uh, eliminated right from the word go. 
and now we're in the second round of qualification, and they're not even here to be able to, you know, let themselves be heard. Um, I do salute the fact that uh, you've got you've got so much diversity in terms of the makeup of the Women's Champions League, but I do think that you know now that we've got what this is going to be season three of the current edition, maybe after season four. They decide to make uh, an alteration to add a bigger group phase because I think there is enough room for some other good quality European teams. That sure, I only reference to because uh, they you know come from some pretty big flipping leagues, but you know, I mean you you lost. Um, Levante from Spain didn't make it. They lost a Twente, so they didn't come through. You know, there's no Greek side in this competition. Uh, I mean, the, the, uh, Anderlecht got beaten by the Scandinavians. There's the, now, am I referencing teams that uh, have like more well-known men's sides? Sure, but you know, other smaller leagues, you know. Uh, maybe a team from, maybe another Danish team is able to get through. There's no Danish teams that are current in, currently in any of uh, the sides for the league or champions pass for uh, this round of qualifying. Whilst you do have, you know, your Romanian, Swiss, multiple Norwegians. I mean, I think right now there is room for a little expansion of the Women's Champions League to get it from beyond just four uh, groups of four, I think you could have almost like a, if you added eight more teams, I think you could have almost like a playoff round. So all your second place uh, make, I don't know, uh, like all but a couple of the second place teams, you know, play that round. And then you have all your group stage winners just kind of all sitting out there just waiting uh, for, for those guys to kind of play. I mean, I'm just coming up with this off the top of my head, but I think mm, this is, I don't think that Eintracht's going to be in trouble. Uh, having won 5 0 over Sparta Prague, but Paris versus Wolfsburg, and this is in the Paris Saint Germain. This is the Paris FC that beat uh, Arsenal. Jake, I'm looking at this and thinking to myself, you could have a French team out or a Wolfsburg out. In the other group, you got a pairing, you got Manchester United and Paris Saint Germain. There's, I like how the depth is being created in the women's game, but I do think that uh, it's still such a tight-knit group and it's so easy to fall through the cracks unless you come from, you know, you're able to be that one team from a smaller country that's able to dominate, but you're never able to get higher than what your coefficient is. So you can run through everybody and make it to that Champions League uh, group phase. Maybe I'm being cynical, but that's just how I feel. I mean, I think you do have to recognize if you're UEFA that women's uh, women's soccer is only getting more, is getting only getting bigger. So teams are going to just become more competitive, and I think you do eventually have to make space for that. But my omega hot take is that. I don't think this would be as big of a conversation if Arsenal didn't get eliminated. I think 
And it's going to be another conversation if Wolfsburg doesn't make it. People are going to be like, oh, yeah, they should totally expand it. They shouldn't expand it because of that. They should expand it because women's soccer is getting more competitive, not because Wolfsburg and Arsenal are going to miss out probably this year. Because Wolfsburg looked, one, they looked awful against Nuremberg before that game. And two, they look like they're getting outpaced by Paris, which I don't know if you've seen the uh, – French Women's League standings, they're actually number one right now. Hmm. So, I uh, did not, it's not know that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this is like coming out of nowhere. But then I looked at the standing and I was like, oh, never mind. This is, I mean, I think Wolfsburg kind of overlooked them. I think everyone did. Mm-hmm. But I think they, sh- they should expand it. But for the reason of we want more teams to be in it, not just we want to make sure the big teams are in it, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And yeah, I think it would then mean if they did expand it, you only have that, uh, that pre, that first round where it was these four group, 14 group pods to get through. And hey, I tricked any and get through last season. So, wrong groups to make. But I do think that possible, uh, minor expansion, I'm not asking for the group phase to be you know, like just double. I don't think, I don't think it's there. I think that you will just have absolute pure domination by like your top four leagues. And that's it. I think they would just carve out everything and you'd have the occasional upset in there. But I think by incrementally growing, uh, the competition kind of like how, um, the World Cup used to be just 16 teams and they expanded it to 24 before 32. They they knew that they wanted to get to 32, but they knew that to get to 32, you need to make sure that the depth is at least there. It's just FIFA being a greedy bastard that they want to go beyond 32, but that, that is, uh, I don't know if I really want to get into that. Anywho, um, so- I do think I do think, though, to interrupt real quick, mm-hmm. If they are going to be doing this, I think either UEFA or someone should give whoever it is in champion these two rounds of Champions League or whatever, give the team funding to be able to show the games. Because I don't know if you knew, the Wolfsburg game was on their YouTube channel, but they did not make it available in the U.S. So like no. it was pretty much impossible to see without wink, wink, other ways to do it. <laughs> Um, you, you guys were nice. I watched your entire game because it was on your YouTube channel, but like, that was an ass I feel like that, yeah, that was also praise be Nicole and Yomi. We, <laughs> we stand Nicole and Yomi around here. Um, but like just making the round available, like there's some exciting stuff happening and you kind of have to pray that they like either the team shows it or I don't know how else, but I think that's. Um, that's something they should do before expanding. It's like m- making these available to watch because we're missing out so much just purely because either the teams don't want to or if UEFA doesn't like want to invest in this stuff. And that's disappointing. It's disappointing, especially since the broadcast partner that is going to be showing the games from the group phase in the United States. They're paying decent money for it, and you would hope that they would. I mean, they'll make sure that all the group save matches get taken care of. And we saw this in the uh, Europa Conference League when Eintracht's 
first leg wasn't even shown on Trek versus Sophia. And then you had the second leg not shown by the official uh, competition uh, broadcaster, uh, CBS in the United States. It was on ESPN Plus. And uh, you knew for a fact that it was because, hey, uh, our Bundesliga people will watch this. Um, CBS doesn't want to broadcast it. We got a guy. Not a big deal. Let's go. But anyways, um, looking, I'm not hitting too hard on the Frauen Bundesliga right now because we're only three matches in, but I am looking at... Oh, I I would love to talk about it. (laughs) Go ahead, my friend. Hey, could you uh, could you read off the top five teams in the league right now? All right, Wolfsburg expected Hoffenheim. Expect them in that kind of top four, top five slot kind of area. Bayern Munich, then the Goats, Cone, and followed by Freiburg. There you go. I knew that's what you wanted to talk about. Beautiful. It's beautiful. I, even if it is three games. Okay, and here's the other thing that gives me hope, right? If that match against the Bayern, Essen, game. if they didn't just fall flat in that, you're talking about Eintracht in uh, fourth place and then Cone in fifth. So, you know. Just well, make sure it's in the current in the current timeline. Uh, uh, <laughs> first of all, our only loss so far has been against Bayern, and that was only by two goals. And I know it's like, oh, only two goals. Uh, it was the shortest deficit we've, I, I want to say, ever lost to Bayern. That's impressive. So, even though the men's league not so great, I the Frauen Bundesliga. Oh no. Well, hey, here's hoping that uh here's hoping that uh in the uh Frauen Zweite Liga that the oh god, who's uh Gladbach. There we go. Here's hoping that uh Gladbach is able to finally get promoted. I mean it's I do realize that there's a a number of uh reserve teams, you know. It's a little popular divided in reserve teams for my liking, considering it's only a 14-team league and there are four reserve teams in there. I'd like to see Gladbach get promoted, but I also do realize that it's not likely to happen, considering how the season has begun and who's running away with the top end of the uh, Zweite Liga for the Frauenbundesliga. So. Yeah, dude, do you see the top three right now? Hamburg? Interesting. Eh, well, they're doing okay on the other side, too. So, who knows? Maybe they'll celebrate a double promotion. Um, yeah, so that kind of leads perfectly into our Aufstieg uh, part before we kind of uh, tie this lovely group up with uh, making fun of the German national team because they don't want to travel to the United States. Ah, okay. I'll, I'll stop. I'll stop. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, Zweite Liga, always love the Zweite Liga because it's just so much fun to watch. I'm loving it because you got Schalke in a relegation spot. You have Kaiserslautern pushing for promotion behind them are some other traditional teams and Hanover and Dusseldorf. I mean, and then. One and two, 
There's a Hamburg Stadt Derby. <laughs> With St. Paul. Yeah. Uh, is it not great to look down the division and you're thinking to yourself, wow, that is a league that you can get behind every match day and just enjoy because of one, the unpredictability, because you had an Elversburg team who two seasons ago was in the regional Liga and they're comfortably mid table right now. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to have. And uh, yeah, uh, especially when you don't have to uh, go to, you know, you ha don't have to go on a train all the way to Zarbrocken and then take a bus to just get to Elversburg. That's a huge help. I mean, it's a lot more fun when you don't have to constantly see yourself in it. But yeah, it is pretty. It is a pretty exciting league. I it. We just need derbies back. So if St. Pauli and Hamburg could come up, or Hamburg, or Dusseldorf and Cone can stay up, like we just need some kind of derby back. Because we like, what are the derbies in the first league? It's like you guys in Darmstadt, Cologne in Gladbach slash Leverkusen, and then, it's only a derby when you win. Yeah. Against Leverkusen, I've been told. I, I I accept it as a derby, even though it brings me great great sadness. <laughs> it's not to the level of Cone. It's not the level of Cone Gladbach, but I will I will at least give the Leverkusen fans that that I think it's a derby. So <sighs> wonderful to see that. Uh, here's hoping that uh, we have more excitement to come. I will only. Barely touch on the, our kind of outgoing notes of what is going on even below that. Victoria Cone. I don't know what neighborhood that is in Cone. It'd be nice if you had, I mean, God forbid you guys do get relegated. Wouldn't that be nice if somehow, some way, Victoria Cone was able to get promoted and you had to stop Darby for the Zweite Liga? <laughs> no, because we. <laughs> I wouldn't like being down there. Uh, I, don't, I guess it would be a good comps. Why would you want to be in second Bundesliga, man? Like, it's just a crapshoot. It's literally just right. It's like to get out. It's 18 teams so, knocking yeah. the crap out of each other. <laughs> well, at least um, as we stand, the one team that everyone hopes would one day come up from the east of the traditional clubs to be able to help out and uh, kind of. No longer be uh, just Leverkusen and Union come from these super big cities. Here's hoping that one day Dresden can get up. And maybe, just maybe, uh, their fans will just be told, hey, stay at home because you can't behave. But have great home crowds. That's all I'm asking for. We've <laughs> 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 uh, ran too long, Jake. It's always great having you on the pod. Where can we find you in your social media uh, channels? Yeah, you can find me 50 plus donor everywhere um, for as long as Twitter's still around. Uh, I know it's on its last leg right now, but also on Instagram, definitely on Twitch. Uh, we're doing a watch party on Saturday for USA versus Germany, even though they, Germany doesn't want to be there. We'll still watch. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. Always fun talking to you, man. Yeah. I appreciate you always inviting me. Not a problem. We'll be doing this in November. And then, of course, we'll look back on the, uh, the fall. God, it's coming up. Scary. Cause at one point we were talking about preseason stuff. And now we're seven matches into the season. 
I mean, shocks to the league is freaking 10 matches into the season. So, and we still have the Pokal coming up. Can't wait for that. So, uh, appreciate Jake for being on for episode 285. You can follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. HEFPod.com for all your latest Eintracht news and information and statistics for your match stats and monitorings for the Eintracht in case you need to make that uh, Bundesliga fantasy move that you've been wondering who to pick up in free agency. I know I have. And, uh, yeah, you can also follow me if you want. I don't do as much on uh, Twitter as I used to, mostly because I used to just get in, I got started getting into it fights, and I'm like, I need a tail off here. Uh, but I haven't gotten rid of uh, at KCSG just yet. But from all of us here at Hey Actor Frankfurt, thanks for listening, and choose. This guy is on pace to break Lewandowski's record in like December. Hey, I'm